That's why me and my sister used to catch it out of their butts and throw it at each other when we were riding. See, I'm not an idiot. I grew up in the city, so <laughs> we didn't do that. Welcome to the Four Corners Crime Cast. My name is Jake. My name is Rory. I'm your host, Katie, and today we are talking about Momo, the Missouri monster. Now, this is not to be confused with the Momo challenge, correct? I don't know what that is. That's the weird girl face thing with the long eyes and mouth thing. The thing I showed you a that picture of a yesterday. That was a great description. Yeah, that's... It's the, creepy. It's creepy. No, it's not. Okay. Whatever the Momo challenge is. Okay. I'm well, not up to date well, well, well. on my viral information. This is like 10 years ago, Katie. Was it? Okay. Yeah. I have no was idea. It? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Maybe it's 2018. I don't know. It, it could have been like a couple years, years ago. ago. I don't know. Either way, it's a different Momo. Uh, so where'd you do your research on this one, Katie? So I read Momo, The Strange Case of the Missouri Monster by Lyle Blackburn, and I also tried to watch his movie. And you couldn't take it, Momo? awful. I watched, like, maybe 10 minutes of it, and it was horrible. Horrible. What was the worst part about it? So he basically tried to make a super campy, like, horror movie. and then <laughs> About a real thing? And then, like, so they did really, really horrible acting, and then he, like, cut it that into a documentary-style type movie about him talking about Momo and being like, we're going to show you these clips from this movie from the 70s that was never released. And then he would go on to explain what actually happened. That sounds amazing, Katie. Why did you not like that? So it was reenactment, basically. He was doing, like, a reenactment, but he would explain what was going to happen. No, he would do, he was doing like a documentary, but it was based around this fake campy <laughs> horror movie about Momo and the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. I like it. Like normally I, the cheesy stuff I'm fine with, this was just bad, bad. And I've heard his other stuff is really great because he's like a really well-known cryptozoologist, basically. Well, cryptozoologists are always known to be top quality film producers. Uh, great researchers. They have a vast understanding of things that we will never think about. Sometimes they miss it on the choreography, though. Yeah. And I guess this was the only movie he's made like this. And even the Amazon review said it was awful, so... Interesting. I feel okay talking shit. <laughs> and uh, where where is this? Okay, so this is... This is, is the Missouri Monster. Where are we going for this one? It yeah. is in Louisiana, Missouri. The city of Louisiana in the state of Missouri. Can we say Missouri? Mrs. Kramer said Missouri. So that's how it's always in my head now. Even though it's not quite correct. I don't know if it is correct. We could be saying words all wrong. Well, she was from Missouri. Yeah, that's how people from Missouri pronounce it. But no, I can't probably bring <laughs> myself to do that. All right, well, shout out to Miss K there for her Missouri. Now we can go back to saying Missouri because I can't stick to that either. Why don't you go ahead and start us off, Katie? Louisiana, Missouri is a small town bordered by the Mississippi River. Founded in 1816, it has stayed relatively quiet and off the map during its entire history, except for the year that Momo the Missouri Monster made its appearance. It's a mouthful. Momo the Missouri Monster? Momo the Missouri Monster. <laughs> Wait, doesn't Momo stand for Missouri Monster? Yeah. So they're saying the Missouri Monster, the Missouri Monster? Yeah, it's like saying ATM machine. Oh, automatic teller machine machine. <laughs> it began in 1971 when Joan Mills and Mary Ryan pulled off the road onto a scenic point to have a picnic. As they ate, they began to smell a horrible odor. 
They looked up, wondering what could possibly smell so bad, and Joan watched in horror as a huge creature walked from the bushes. She pointed, and Mary turned to look right as it fully stepped out into dense weeds, allowing them to only see the top half of it. It looked like a human and primate mixed, with hair all over its body and the face of a human. It walked on two feet, and its arms were so long that they hung past its knees. (laughs) What? So how did they know if they couldn't see it? It was in tall grass. I mean, it came up to, like, its belly. They could see the full top half of it. I can't see that its hands went past his knees. Did they think it was Bigfoot? I would assume a Bigfoot. Right off the bat, right? Person of the forest. Yeah. Person of the forest. That's what they prefer to be called these days. Yeah. But this was the 70s. You could get away with calling them a Bigfoot. A Bigfoot or a Yeti or a Sasquatch. Squatch, whatever. Squatch. All those rude derogatory terms. They really didn't mind back then. It was a much less sensitive time. People were mean in the 70s. It also walked towards them, so they saw all of it eventually, just not right now. Okay. As it began walking towards them, it made an off-putting gurgling noise. They both ran for the car and jumped in, but realized that their keys were still lying on the picnic blanket. The creature approached the car and placed its hand on the hood as it walked around to the door. Was it, like, coming after them? Basically. Like, in a malicious way? Because it seems like... That would be scary as fuck if someone just comes and rests its hand on your car and just drags it across there as it's staring at you and gurgling. That seems rather upsetting. Yeah, no, they were terrified. Understandably. It's right out of the Goofy movie, though. It really is. The Goofy movie? You've never seen the Goofy movie? Like, forever ago. You don't remember the scene with Sasquatch? No. They're camping, and they're fishing, and then he catches a Sasquatch, and it chases them all the way back to their car, but the keys, they don't have the keys, and then the Sasquatch goes to sleep on their roof, and then he makes alphabet soup, and then he changes the map so that his dad takes him to uh, the the concert, the Powerline concert. I was in the middle of the plot here. Well, I'm pretty sure they got it. Katie, please continue. Don't you cut out my goofy movie, Ramble Roar. In their panic, Joan's arm bumped the horn, and the creature jumped, quote, straight into the air and moved back. Joan kept honking, and it retreated, but quickly realized the noise wasn't dangerous. Oh, she honked too much. Yeah. <laughs> it was also a... They were in a beetle, so I imagine the horn wasn't, like, that serious. In sounding. the 70s? No. It was yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 it probably just like that. It moved towards their picnic blanket, sniffed around, ate the sandwiches, checked out Joan's purse, and tossed it aside before finally returning to the woods and disappearing. The women reported it to police, but were not taken seriously. Did it take anything out of her purse? No, it just kind of like opened it and looked in it and then went, meh, I don't want this. And just walked away. So was it just hungry? Mm, I don't, I guess. ate their picnic and left. I think it was literally just... She said it ate a whole sandwich in one bite. That gives you a good size reference. Was this a bear with mange? No, because the thing with bears is they, they can walk, like, bipedally, but not for very long. And they also uh, don't the have hands. Circus bears might actually disagree with you. I don't think there's a circus bear in the woods well, in so Louisiana, Missouri. A mangy, malnourished, <laughs> under ungroomed circus bear. So police obviously don't take them seriously. How do they describe this thing? How do they? Just like that. That was pretty much their spot on that was quoted it? description, yeah. After the Momo sightings became major news, another family reported that their son saw a, quote, big, tall, black, ugly thing near an abandoned school in July of 1971. It's 1971. He could have been talking about a whole plethora 
of different things that they would have thought it was. Well, and the, the interesting thing about these is that these two people, totally separate incidents, they had no way of knowing about the other person's sighting when they were reported. So they saw basically the same thing, but there was no like word of mouth between them that would encourage more sightings. In Troy, Missouri, on June 30th, two men were out fishing and watched as a large hairy creature waded through the river around 250 feet upstream from them. At first, they thought it was a hippie, (laughs) but realized that it was far too large to be a human. And this was, like, in the 70s, so obviously hippies were, like, getting popular, and they had the long hair, and... And they were always out in the middle of the streams. Assume, yeah, if someone's in the middle of a river, it's just a hippie. Nowhere in Missouri fishing, and all of a sudden, like, God damn hippies they're everywhere you can't get away from them out here fishing my river 250 feet away is pretty far i mean that's a football field away do we really trust these two fishermen i mean this thing is eight feet tall so are bears roy's really hung up on this bear thing i think it was just as likely to be a stick i mean it probably could have been an eight foot hippie if we don't know (laughs) the river was around five and a half feet deep and its shoulders and head were clearly visible it also walked through the moving water with ease, something a human could not have done. Began wading towards them, and the men ran up the hill. When they looked back, they saw it scrambling out of the water and over the hillside, as if it had been scared off by the men running away from it. Well, no, I mean, there are big people out there. I mean, there have always been seven-footer, Most of them don't have six inches of hair growing off their chest, nipples. Maybe it was Italians? This was, like, long... That's only the Italian women. Like, long, long, matted hair. And it was everywhere except for his palms. And then it was so long that it covered the face, basically. So it was like a cousin it with arms. Okay. And really huge. When they told a park ranger what they saw, he recalled that a couple earlier in the day had reported hearing grunts and groans like an animal in pain in the woods behind where they were fishing. When the men went back to the scene, they discovered a large, three-toed footprint where the creature had climbed out of the river. One footprint? What generally mammalian has three toes? None. See, that's weird then. Ooh, heroes on a half shell. They're not mammals. But they have three toes. What What did? What were they shaped like? Was it just like a human foot with three toes mm-hmm. or was it like what, a bird really, foot? No, it was like a human foot with three really large toes and it was about like 15 inches. Roughly is how most people described them. What if this was just some poor dude who was born with a deformity and really, really tall and lived in the woods and grew his hair really long. Yeah, and, and he had smelled what like if he has rotting flesh? Their description matched basically the two women's description that had it run towards them, correct? Yeah, and the the boy that saw it near the school too. And so far, what we've got is eight feet tall, covered in hair, except for strong like a dumpster. Smells bad. Palms are not covered. Face is covered. Uh, three toes scurries. Not really scary. I mean, it moves. It mo- I assume it moves kind of like Bigfoot. It takes really large. He's <laughs> got a steps. big foot too. Those bigger animals tend to not be very fast in movement like that because they this are moving is. so much mass. Yes. Yeah. No. Apparently, this one is relatively quick. Okay. And it again smells terribly. Mm-hmm. Like rotting meat. Um, everyone described it differently. One guy said it smelled like horse and then like wet garbage or something. <laughs> like two totally different smells. I don't know how he related them. Have you ever found a horse in a wet garbage can? 
There's a lot of different descriptions, but what they really get to is that it smells really bad. And there's a lot of not actual sightings that I left out of this, but people just smelling that smell and hearing sounds out in the forest, but never actually seeing anything. In July, sightings skyrocketed. Mr. Windorf, a local farmer in Louisiana, was awoken by his dogs barking around 5 a.m. The dogs always slept on the porch and rarely were woken, let alone scared, by anything. When Windorf opened the door to see what was going on, the dogs rushed to him and cowered at his feet. He began scanning his property and then was hit by an odor that he described as smelling like fireworks. His eye was caught by the figure of a very large creature walking with an odd shuffling gait across a field. He said it looked like a very large old man wearing an overcoat. He went inside to grab his rifle, but by the time he made it back outside, the creature was gone. That's usually the best course of action if you see an old man shuffling across your driveways to go get a rifle. Once the sun had come out, Windorf checked his property for any damage. Everything was in order, but he did find a set of tracks right where he'd spotted the creature. Also three toes? I don't think they specifically mentioned that. But this was, according to the book, everyone described Wendorf as like... A kooky old man? He had lived in Louisiana, Missouri, since he was like six on the river. So if he, if there was ever an animal, he had seen it. So this was something he said he'd never seen before, and it wasn't like anything he'd ever seen before. So he himself was a bit of a swamp rat. I guess. I Can you say they, that? Yeah, I think that's what they call the dudes who live on the river their whole lives. Okay, sure. Does he live in a swamp? Well, they're kind of swampy on the Missouri. Mississippi? The Mississippi. The Mississippi. He'd be a bog person, but... Oh, bog person? No. Like the boggy monster? Ah, see, can't use that either. What about the guys who... uh, Why can't you use that? Because he's already... What about the riverboat gamblers? They all had, like, STDs. On July 11th, 8-year-old Terry Harrison and his 5-year-old brother were outside playing when they heard a low growl. Terry looked up and was only 15 feet away from the monster. It stood on two feet like a human, but was covered in long, black hair. It had no neck and a large, quote, pumpkin-sized head, and its face was invisible in all its hair. It had a horrible odor and was carrying what looked like a dead dog under its arm. Both boys ran screaming towards their house, startling their sister Doris, who looked out the window and saw the creature before it turned and ran into the woods of Marlsoff Hill. Doris called their father, Edgar, who rushed home to find out what was going on. He searched the property, but found nothing more than an area of flattened brush. No giant three-toed footprints? No. Hmm. See, that's real scary. Your kids call you because there's something outside that scared them carrying a dead dog? These were probably the closest to actually seeing the animal it was i mean 15 feet away and they stuck by their story 100 percent. they saw what they saw plus a dead dog is really scary to see as a child um one of edgar's theories was that it wasn't a dead dog and it was like one of its offspring that it was carrying under its arm we're going to talk about him a lot because he seems to be involved in all of this after the sighting Later that evening, one of the Harrison's dogs became violently ill, and Edgar heard commotion behind their home. He enlisted the help of neighbors who helped him search his property and Marsolf Hill for the next two nights, but nothing was found. On July 14th, while hosting a prayer meeting in their home, Edgar and 12 parishioners saw multiple balls of light moving quickly across the sky. Well, that was just the power of the Holy Spirit. 
After everyone eventually left, Edgar was sitting on his porch when he heard a deep growl that grew louder and louder as he listened. Everyone in the house heard it too and rushed out, jumping into the car and begging Edgar to drive them to safety. <laughs> He's just like, nah. He's like, nah. He wanted to go look for it. He was Yo, like, let me get my shotgun. <laughs> He's like a tornado hunter with a, evacuating people, and they're all like, no. And he's like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, we're going to go dive into danger of this eight-foot monster thing that carries around its child like a bag. As they drove away from their home, they were met by over 40 people who had also heard the sound and were headed towards the Harrison property to hunt for the beast. Which has got to be a hype up. Like You're like, oh, fuck yeah. Now yeah. he's like, all right, y'all, get out of here. I'm going with these guys. You just see torches marching over the hill towards your house, and you just get one of those weird vindication of boners. So 40 people heard this monster thing and from, all, like, around the neighborhood. I guess collectively gathered to go find out what was going on, yeah. Because I'm sure Edgar had, like, told them what his kid had seen. And, and they riled them up, yeah. Yeah, they all knew that something was out there, so. They probably thought it was some hobo, some poor dude. A hippie. Just, probably just a hippie, yeah. yeah. another hippie. And I wonder if that's why people were so afraid of hippies. They're just confused for Sasquatches and things like that. <laughs> Edgar stopped the car to talk to them, but before he could say a word, his wife yelled, here it comes, and they all scattered and ran. Which I don't even think she saw it. I think she just said that. She just needed him to get out of the way of the car. <laughs> She's like, tell him it's that way. The police were called and checked the property, but found nothing. Edgar, apparently on a mission to catch whatever was out in the woods, gathered a group and went back to Morsoff Hill. They stumbled on an old, rundown building that had a moldy horse smell or garbage smell. Nothing was inside, so they moved on, eventually ending their search after finding nothing. A moldy horse or a moldy Comma. and horse? Moldy, comma, horse smell, or garbage smell. What's a, what's a horse smell like? Fur and dander? Well, when I think of horse, I think mold and garbage. So, <laughs> spot on description book. That was um, Edgar's description of the smell. Well, That's he, a literal quote from him. He said moldy horse or garbage smell. He's definitely an equestrian. They just smell yeah. like horses. They have a specific smell. I don't... I can't really smell anymore, so I couldn't oh, describe yeah, it to I've you. Keep, I keep asking you to do things you're not capable of, and mm -hmm. I feel very bad about it, Katie. I'm sorry. Okay. The next night, July 15th, in the neighboring town of Hannibal, Missouri, Billy Riley was chased by a creature fitting the same description given by the Harrison boys. As he was walking down a dark road, he became aware of someone, or something, following him around 300 feet away in a pasture. He assumed it was a farmer rounding up his cows and continued walking. Suddenly, he heard a blood-curdling scream and stopped, turning towards what he thought was the farmer. He realized he, or it, had also stopped walking and was facing him. A little freaked out, Riley turned and began walking again, but realized whatever was following him had also started walking, matching his pace. The smell of rotting flesh was getting stronger as the thing angled towards Riley and started coming towards him. He stopped again, facing the creature, allowing him to see it, was extremely tall and covered in thick hair. As he stood, it began walking towards him, and Riley absolutely hauled ass down the road, running as fast as he possibly could. He looked over his shoulder right as the monster stepped right over a four-foot barbed wire fence with no problem. Riley ran through a farm, through a group of dogs, and straight to the door of a house. As he pounded on the door, he looked back and saw the monster running the opposite way, being chased by the group of dogs. At least the dogs protected him. 
Hell yeah. The yeah, monster. do we know what the monster wants? Is he trying to eat people? Or is he just I'm not sure. and trying to assert his dominance? I don't think it had any like specific agenda. I don't know if it was curious and wanted, because some people it would come towards, and then other people it would just run straight away from. So I just wanted to know if everybody else stunk as bad as it. Well, I wonder if he couldn't smell people or smell very well, because... Usually things that are predators know how to disguise their scent. And he's just wandering around bodily duping, stanking everything out. <laughs> I'm surprised, honestly, he could even go in the water. I feel like just catfish would be biting him the whole time. That's all they have in Missouri, right, is catfish? Yeah. That's like, the only thing. Catfish and Momo. <laughs> the creature was seen and smelled by three separate people on July 18th on Marzolf Hill. On July 19th, reporters bay began to arrive in Louisiana to search for the creature themselves. They joined a group of police and conservation officers, along with Edgar Harrison, to search Marsolf Hill once again. As usual, nothing was found. The next night, they set out again, this time stumbling upon an old garbage dump that had obviously been dug through and thrown around. The graves of two dogs had also been dug up and their bones strewn about. As they continued on, they found two huge footprints that resembled a human's, but were much too large. As they were searching, a woman in nearby New Haven spotted a human-like creature with long gray hair walking on two legs through a field. Around 10.30 on July 21st, Ellis Miner was sitting on his porch when his dogs began to growl. Shining his flashlight towards the road, he spotted a huge monster covered in jet black hair standing on two legs in the middle of the road. As soon as the light hit it, it turned around and ran. So is this two separate monsters, or is it one monster with just uh, hair-changing capabilities? I don't know, because everything was pretty much spot on, except for one of them had gray hair. <laughs> so like, Lighting differences, maybe? Grandpa? Momo? <laughs> I just wonder if this is just a family of forest people. What is a forest person? Exactly. Um, it, it, it includes your various uh, squatches, yetis, abominables. You're uh, literally just using the same, like, different words to describe the same thing. No, I think Bigfoot and the Yeti are different, aren't they? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yes. Nope. They are. Nope. Okay, why are they the same? They're the same thing, just in different um Yetis regions. have white hair. Yetis have white hair because they blend in surroundings. Have more monster-like features nope. with a hairier face. Evolution, bro. So they all belong in the same family. Yeah. Of forest people. That's like saying a tiger and a lion are the same thing. They might be if it's a. They're liger. both they're big not. cats, but they're not the same thing. Yetis and Bigfoot. You're just proving my point right now. The same thing. They're in the same family. They're maybe the same genus. With different species. They're the same thing. Things were quiet for a few days. Then on July 24th, in nearby O'Fallon, Missouri, a woman spotted a bear-like creature walking on two legs. On July 26th, things went from huge, bipedal monsters to mysterious lights in the sky. Even members of the Harrison family, who had seen the monster, were witness to apple-sized lights zipping across the sky. Then it went from aliens to disembodied voices. On July 29th, Edgar Harrison and some college kids were searching Marzoff Hill when they heard a gunshot near the road below. When they rushed down to see what it was, they heard an old man's voice tell them, you boys stay out of these woods. The next night, it was back to aliens, this time 
an orange, red, disc-shaped craft with lighted windows was hovering for hours before finally shooting straight up into the air and disappearing. I have uh, a theory. Okay. What is it? This is a test of an experimental war drug, and what they're seeing is men in ghillie suits. Interesting. And okay. the craft are just second stage of Project Whatever Freakout, Small Town Freakout, Louisiana Freakout, and they are just testing like different chemical weapons on like chemical weaponized acid and stuff. And all these people are seeing susceptible images or similar images of dudes walking through forests. That's why one of them was gray because he was hanging out in the rocks in his rock ghillie suit, and the other ones were in the woods. So they did this over several towns? Because this happened in, like, New Haven, O'Fallon, Louisiana. It turned into a game for him after a while. I mean, yeah, they cover large swaths of land to get a good test population. A few days after this, two separate people found footprints left by what they assumed was the monster. One man took a plaster cast of a large, three-toed footprint. Based on the height estimates of the monster being between 7 and 8 feet tall, it seems close to impossible it could have walked on only three toes. Many years later, a woman came forward who claimed she was the one who made the infamous footprint that was plaster casted. Did we know how she did that? With her, she was a child and she just used her foot in the mud, her heel. On August 4th, two of Edgar Harrison's sons, along with two other boys, were fishing when they saw a large creature moving against the current upstream. After so many reports, all which were very similar, the monster haunting Louisiana grew to be famous. Tourists from all around came to the small town to see if they could see it for themselves, and newspapers reported every sighting that occurred. The creature was named the Missouri Monster, or Momo for short. Okay, so if this happened today... You just have a bunch of fucking nuts out there trying to hunt it. Mm-hmm. And then somebody would catch it. So why didn't that happen back then? Because when you're dealing with really thick wooded areas and something that I guess has potentially lived there for many, many years, it's going to be able to get around a lot better than you are. Especially when it's eight feet tall and can just walk through whatever it wants so and knows. Like a- There's a lot of caves, too, like unexplored caves, I guess, in Louisiana. So it's possible the tourism pushed Momo into hiding for a bit. After another disembodied voice was heard by Edgar Harrison on August 5th, there were no other sightings until October. I just want to know, why the fuck is it just Edgar Harrison? Like every single story, he's involved. I think he made it up. He's just, like, super nosy. I think every time someone mentioned Momo, he was like, oh, yeah, we should go to the woods right now and look for him. Hey, I know where he might be. Do you want to go check it out? What if he had, like, three really tall cousins and he had them all just prancing about throughout the whole countryside? And his, like, idiot cousin, Billy, was the one that dressed up in gray instead of black. <laughs> God damn it, Billy. Now we got to figure something out with that one. Oh, that, that'll just be the grandpa Momo. On the 29th, John Roman was camping in Chestline, Illinois, around 30 miles north of Louisiana. Roman stopped packing up their campsite to have a cigarette, finding a rock near the path and sitting down. He heard something behind him, so he turned around and was only 20 feet away from what he initially thought was a man in a fur suit. Staring at it for a moment, he realized it was around 7 feet tall and covered completely in hair. 
Roman was actually able to see its face better than any other MoMA witness had. He said it was human-like, with a large, flat nose and yellow teeth. He described it as a very ugly human. This was the last sighting of Momo in 1972, but he was not gone for good. You think they hurt his feelings? I mean, I think when you're used to, I think the population in Louisiana is like 3,000. So if you're a super elusive monster and then all of a sudden your population like spikes like that, you would probably go somewhere else for a while. Things know when you're hunting them too. Like they're not dumb. They tr- they they move on instinct and things like that. So when you get a instinctual feeling that there are things looking for you, you go to ground. Or like, when there's huge groups of like forty people out in the woods in the middle of the night, you usually would be like, should get out of here for a while. Yeah, and let's be honest, uh, humans are not the most quiet. In April of 1973, a family out picking mushrooms were overcome by a horrible, rotten flesh odor with no apparent source. Their grandmother, who lived in the area and happened to be looking outside at the same time, actually saw Momo. She described it as a 7-8 to foot tall, hair-covered creature standing on two legs. Another year would go by before Momo was spotted again, once in Calhoun County, Illinois, and then in Pike County, Missouri. Both sightings describe Momo in the exact same way, except the man who saw him in Pike County watched as he ran across the road in front of his car, then jumped clear over a ditch before disappearing into the woods. The only difference was that this guy saw him run across the road and jump over a ditch. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like a pretty big ditch. Like borderline superhuman. The guy that saw him when he was walking watched him step over a four-foot-high fence. Like, it was nothing. So here's the thing. Do we know where Yao Ming was at this time? <laughs> After the 1974 sightings, Momo disappeared. The story grew cold, and no evidence could be found to support any of the stories being shared by the dozens of people said to have seen him. Louisiana went back to normal, and Momo became an urban legend. That was until 1991, when a man camping saw something sitting in a creek that very closely resembled Momo. He stopped his ATV and looked at him, and Momo turned and looked right into his eyes. They stared at each other for around 30 seconds before it stood up, jumped up an 8-foot embankment, and ran. 30 seconds is kind of an uncomfortably long time to stare into somebody's eyes. That's what I'm saying. So I'm guessing that he heard this thing come up, saw a dude with a a big weird head, it was a (laughs) helmet, and was like, what is that thing? Let me, to be honest with you, he's... It's the 90s, right? So he was probably in a, like a bright red or orange like dirt bike outfit with a, with a big bright helmet and some sweet like shades on. And so Momo or the dude? The dude. Oh. Momo was obviously like a grunge kid, so he was just wearing a flannel and some jeans. A Nirvana shirt? Maybe. I don't think he was into Nirvana. He liked more of the Chains Addiction style. But anyway, he's a... He's he's staring at this thing, trying to figure it out. And when he's like, oh, shit, that's a human. I got to dip. He leaves. But he might have just thought it was a loud animal, to answer your question. Do you think it was like that Spider-Man meme where it's Spider-Man just pointing at himself? <laughs> <laughs> that's was how I picture it. Yeah. The last ever sighting of Momo occurred in 2007. November 16th, a man hunting in Pike County, Illinois, just across the state line, spotted what he thought was Bigfoot. It was. He was in a tree stand around 6 a.m. when he heard footsteps approaching. Looking to see who it might be, he was shocked when rather than another hunter, 
he saw a huge, hairy monster walking on two legs across the forest, around 20 yards away. Shoot it? Why did he not shoot it? There is a monster walking in front of you. I think he this was is America. so shocked that... He was hunting. Well, here's the thing. What if he's hunting with a bow, and you don't want to shoot something like that with a bow? What if you don't kill it? And what if he can climb a tree? Way better than you can climb down a tree. I mean, he probably wouldn't even need to climb a tree. He's in a deer stand. He probably just has to go jump three feet in the air. He said it was walking pretty quickly, too. Like, it knew where it was going. Oh, it was on a mission. Deer stands are higher than three feet off the ground. Ten feet. Higher than that. You sure? Yeah, like 20 feet, man. 40 feet if you can get it. The higher you are, the the more deer you can see. The longer... You have to shoot. The farther away from Momo you are. Okay. Since 2007, many people have gone looking for Momo, but no one has ever found him. Most of the evidence, such as the plaster cast of the supposed footprint, has been examined and explained away as fake. Many think that Momo was in fact just a bear, which can sometimes, but very rarely, inhabit Missouri. Bears aren't very popular in Missouri? Yeah, the people... <laughs> they're just not... They're just not into it, so they yeah. don't go there. <laughs> people don't like them. Like, the oh, bears. bears. <laughs> yeah, and that just keeps them away. It's just not a very good area for bears to live in. It's the... I think they said the winters are too short, so it throws off their hibernation because they have to eat more food, and then they don't sleep as long, basically. It's not a good barrier. They do inhabit the Ozarks, which is kind of nearby Illinois, but, or not Illinois, Louisiana. Missouri. Missouri, yes. Many have tried to link the possible UFO sightings to the Momo encounters, using the Mothman theory that these creatures are just passing through our dimension rather than living in it, and we just so happen to see them sometimes, Rory. I need your explanation on that, because that makes no fucking sense to me. Sure it does. Can you explain Mothman with Mothman? Um, another cryptid. It's literally a man. Looked like a moth. He was spotted. A whole movie about it. He's he's spotted before bad accidents and horrible events. So people that see them usually are about to also come in contact with some extreme circumstance. He's just Ant-Man's dusty little brother? No, he's big. Looks like a moth. Hangs around, around lamps. What did you need me to explain? Uh, the That they're just passing through our dimension and we just... So see them as they're passing through. Just like on Skinwalker Ranch, how there are different parallel universes with some creatures that having an ability to open a way between parallel universes. And so what we see as a cryptid may not be a universe A creature, but just a universe B creature, not necessarily living the same timeline that we are passing through our dimension to... So do they get stuck, or do they just hang out for a while? No, it's just, I mean, really depends on what they're doing. Do they have control over it? So, like, he knows yeah. he's about to be would... found, and he can just Rick and yeah. Morty out of there? Yeah, that's why we never find him. He just portals out later. It yeah. does have a lot of similarities to the Skinwalker with the lights and the orbs and the voices. and the. That seems to be a common theme where there are basic hubs of, you know, cryptid or extraterrestrial happenings. I don't know what the word I'm looking for there is, but... High strangeness? It, high strangeness does happen in certain places more than others because let's say that the veil is thinner there between the universes or... 
there is a calling of sorts, like large magnesium deposit or whatever, you know, whatever would attract these sort of things there. It's in heavy concentration. So places like Skinwalker Ranch or Rant, Skinwalker Ranch are considered, let's even say like nexus of ley lines that would be a source of power or a nexus of power coming from the earth. It doesn't seem like the, these things, these occurrences or these momos have any like intention of hurting anybody or like melting a pack of dogs. I honestly, I th- if that's the case and there is like an instance of something that can walk between the universes like that and they do happen to come across people or whatever because let's say they do only come through migrate migratory every 30 years or something um and the amount of shit that changes in that time they may have been doing this for hundreds of years and all of a sudden there are people there and then also if you think about it the fact that there's they saw a gray one and then they saw black ones that could just be like different levels of your uh time sorcery and like sure i mean it could be any billion of things momo the gray and momo the black momo the black can time travel more efficiently uh, see, we don't know if that's what it is, but in my opinion, leaning away from bear sightings, but I, I just think this may be another small town attraction type thing where we have Momo or we have Mothman. Yeah, I just think this one's more interesting than Bigfoot because, like, Bigfoot, you get such a wide variety of descriptions. And with Momo, it was all in a very short time frame, and they were all pretty much spot on to each other even before anyone knew about the other sightings that had happened. So, and then they just dropped off. Like, people weren't going out and being like, oh, yeah, I saw Momo. Like, nobody actually wanted to see Momo. They just happened to see, except for Edgar Harrison. He was all about finding Momo. He really wanted to see Momo. But nobody actually wanted to see him, and they just did. I don't think this was anyone playing any sort of prank because... In these small, like, farmer communities, everyone has guns, and if you go into someone's property, you're probably going to get shot. You don't want anyone fucking with your farm animals and killing your cows, so obviously, especially if you're seeing a creature, like, you're going to take a shot at it. I think multiple people did, but nobody ever really hit Momo, so... Because it's the Midwest. If you're a kid and you want to play a prank, I don't think you're going to just dress up as something and walk onto someone's property and be like, we'll find out what happens. Hey, Billy, you want to get on my shoulders and wear this fucking rug and see if we can get shot? Yeah, so I don't know. It's weird. I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's kind of fun. I didn't expect Rory to be skeptical of a cryptid. It's like uh, the oh, first I'm, time this has ever happened. I'm not. I was just providing content for the show. I 100% believe that Momo is out there walking around and he is just part of the family of the forest people. Like, that's my 100% belief on this. Technically, um, if, if Momo is just hopping around and has control of the dimensions and whatnot, if we could summon Momo to our podcast, that would be cool. Well, I'm not even saying that he's a dimensional hopper. I just believe that he has an understanding of Earth magic that we don't, and it allows him to be unseen when he is in times of non-stress. Or when he's in times of stress, like a chameleon or uh, an octopus of some sort. They're like just, evolution. Yeah, they just have a camouflage. No, I'm thinking more magic, but that's... <laughs> so why do you think he was spotted so often? Do you think he was intentionally trying to be seen, or he just like... I think I honestly think he's just a traveler passing through, okay. and um, not necessarily through any magic means or anything, but he was just walking on to his next meeting. Let's say he's in control of the 
Springfield sector of Momo, and uh, he has to wander over and have his uh, quarterly meeting or yearly meeting. In 30 years, he found out how to be sneakier, and just he was still figuring out because he was new on the job earlier. Yeah. The election every year, they have to get reelected. He's out campaigning. Yeah, something like that. With but, the homos. I mean, ultimately, you have to kind of think that there are creatures on this earth that we have no idea what they are or what they're capable of. I mean, in the ocean, and the ocean's way scarier than space, like 100%. Mm-hmm. I would rather go into space than ever go deep down in the ocean. Why? Mm-hmm. It's literally the exact same death. You choke to death if you don't have the proper equipment. I'm not going to get eaten by anything in outer space. You don't know that? I Well, I, I it's more likely that I'm going to get eaten or encounter something underwater in the dark. Yeah, but you could be literally swimming for, you could have like three days worth of oxygen and swim all the way down, swim all the way back up. You could swim around for days. And the thing is, you can't do that in the, in the fucking space you can't swim as deep as i'm talking anyway you have to go by like actual submarine i'm not going to space in just like my skivvies i'm not going to swim around i'm going in a spaceship just like i'd be going in a submarine down to the floor of the ocean well neither of those things are scary floor of the ocean's way scary bro there's no light down there yeah there's nothing down there submarine except for creatures that we don't know what they are as big as a house if your submarine dies you call another submarine they come drag you out giant squid gps why do you think we haven't gone down there it's the technology is not fucking nasa knows there's something down there so they're like we'll go to this way we'll get away from the bottom of the ocean there okay nobody has been there nasa has i'm just saying nasa knows what's up they They know there's something down there I wouldn't want to go to the bottom of the ocean either. No, I'd re- definitely rather go to space. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to space either. Oh, I'd so I'm going to stay here. Space. I'm good. I would like to say that was a fun episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was easy. I thought you were still going to have COVID, so. Yeah. Guess what, guys? <laughs> I recovered, and I feel bad for the people that probably aren't going to recover because it's very shitty, and... It's a real thing if you don't believe in it. Well, you just are below that idiot line in America that we talked about on the last episode. 300,000 people are dead, so Bring better start believing. Line. So, my buddy Stubbs that we called out in a couple of episodes Holmes ago, and Both. Parish Alexander Brian Sedera, Holmes and Both. Yes, sir. Yes, I, um, I remember. <laughs> and you left it all in. He... He sent me, uh, he thought it was cool, but he sent me a message and I was like, hey, by the way, I am one of your Trump listeners. Oh, <laughs> what? <no>. Stubbs. <laughs> yeah, that's, all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to send us an email at fourcornerscrimecast at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R cornerscrimecast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fourcornerscrimecast on Instagram at fourcornerscrimecast on Twitter at fourcornerscast. And at fourcornerscrimecast.tumblr.com. And give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Check out our website, fourcornerscrimecast.com. Head over there for a mostly full episode list. And to send us any ideas you guys want, uh, any ideas you guys might have for an episode that you want to hear. Give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. And check out our website, fourcornerscrimecast.com. Head over there for an episode list uh, to send us any ideas for an episode that you want to hear. Or you can just get a free sticker from our merch store by typing in the code BINGO BANGO. We'll send you out a 
sexy Christmas decal. Hope you guys enjoyed this little episode. And if you, you know, have like a sensation of a moldy, horsey garbage smell, look quick and run. Thanks, guys. See ya. Adios, motherfuckers. Oh, the plot thickens. <laughs> it's the Jake Sanders life story. <laughs> <laughs>